What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 66, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, J-Mac, a.k.a. founder numero uno, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Popfly himself, founder numero dos, Ben. Uh, who also sounds like he makes tomatoes. Baseball. Ben, what's going on, man? Wouldn't you grow tomatoes? Like, why did I say that? How would you how would you make a tomato? I don't know. And I love the fact that we cut that as a drop in the first place. So I'm glad we got a, got to find That's a place wonderful. to use it. Hey, what's going on out there past the dugout? Uh-oh. Get your athletic supporter ready. We got a new batter coming up to the plate. Ladies and gentlemen, now batting cleanup for the Outfielder Podcast. Number three, the great. Sam Bino. Good evening, Sam. How are y'all? Good, man. How are you doing? What's I'm new? doing really well. I was in California all of last week, so sorry, sorry we didn't get to do an episode, but uh, I'm back and rested and ready to go. Did you end up making it to uh, a Giants game? I didn't. So I got in on Sunday night, and I was there through Friday afternoon. And they were on the road all days except for, I think, Monday and Tuesday. Aww. Monday was a night game, and I had plans. And then Tuesday was a 12.45 first pitch. Um, and while the office is no shit like 350 yards away from the stadium, uh, I, you know, I couldn't actually get away from the office, as mm. you know, is common. Sad, I think that- no, I, I hear you. I think that our sensibly loud office needs to be about 300 yards from a stadium. I could get behind that. Hmm, which one? Ooh, any of them, really. Jason's been talking about opening the sensibly loud office in San Diego. I mean, that'd be pretty sick to be right near Petco. Isn't that the gas lamp district? I think so. Hang tight. What if you meant just being close to any Petco because you want to go look at the <laughs> birds? <laughs> Just proximity to dog supplies is really That's what we would That's all Jason wants. Just yeah. get me near the kitty litter and I can podcast like a champ. I think really, I the way I look at it is if I'm right close to a uh, ballpark, I'm not going to complain. Speaking of right close to a ballpark, did you all see that we are nearing rivalry week? I Ooh. did. Very That's exciting. right. Starting on June the 10th, we have... Ben and Sam's Texas Rangers, no actual ownership, facing off against J-Mac Founders, Boston Red Sox, maybe some ownership. That's at Fenway, right? Uh, I think so. I think they're starting off out east, but I'd have to verify that. I'm like 90% sure because I looked into it earlier in the season and I know they're not here until like September, which kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, Also in rivalry week, but like diet rivalry week. Guess who I'm going to lose to in fantasy this week? That's right. J-Mac Founder is going to um, basically curb stomp my team. I hope so, man. I've been on quite the resurgence lately. My team has been scoring a hell of a lot of points. And my pitching's actually been like it's supposed to be at the beginning of the season. You know, Chris Sale's not putting up goose eggs and turds all the time. It's nice. It's really nice. So we'll see. We'll see what happens, though. I won by 1.4 this past week. So down with Marty, down with Marty for sure. But I'm not calling that the biggest win of of them all. So what if that's how Chris Sale actually decorated his house is with goose eggs and turds? <laughs> That'd be weird. You know, I don't think it'd be out of character for such a strange man. No, I mean, we're talking about a guy who ripped the sleeves off a jersey to prove a point before a start. You know, were we talking about him when we were talking about his um, 
body composition relative to Justin Verlanders. Was that was that who we were talking about? I think so. I want to say that's right. It was something like that. We go down some strange rabbit holes on this podcast, and we're happy to do it for you, the listener. We sure are. One thing I was going to tell you guys, I went to, on Friday night, I went to the Rangers-Cardinals game uh, over at Globe Life. Awesome. I saw two different fans in the sections to the right and the left of me get pegged in the face with a, a foul ball. <sighs> and I mean, I'm talking like the EMS had to come and take them out of there, like square to the face. Were they on a gurney, or did they move under their own power? They moved under their own power, but I'm talking blood just gushing from the front of the face. Not great. Oh my God. You've got to pay attention at a baseball game. It was you a horrific scene. Attention. It really was. And I absolutely agree with the paying attention thing, and that's exactly what I said, because Claire disagreed. I don't really know how you can disagree with that. What do you... As someone's being wheeled off. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not once, but twice. <laughs> at what point... Nobody to protect me. Yeah, did she disagree before or after you said pay attention so we don't get hit by foul balls? <laughs> no, she just she I think it's just one of those things that she didn't really have an answer for what you do about it, but it just seems crazy that that would be the case at all. But again, what do you do about it other than put up enormous nets to the height of the stadium basically? And even yeah, then you, you watch may not the game. Keep right. your eyeballs peeled. Yeah, exactly. Just so the only the only injuries from my weekend was when our four year old punched our seven year old clear in the face <laughs> uh, so much that there was swelling. Holy cow! That sounds yeah. like a scene. Well struck. No, it's. I mean, I'm not happy that she punched her sister. But if you're gonna punch someone, that's how you do it. I mean, you got to be proud of the fact that she could defend the hell out of herself, right? That's right. And like we we're not this podcast is not about victim blaming, but starting when the younger one was born, we told the older one, "Hey, be careful how you treat her, because eventually she's going to be able to defend herself." And I think we've uh, turned that corner. Oh no, I feel like mm. well, that that's very sad. I'm sorry that there was a, a family fight, but um, yeah, at least she can throw a punch if she had to defend herself. It's you know she's on the right track. That's right. Yeah, it's two sides to every coin, right? Well, uh, any other baseball news stuff coming up with you guys just uh, on the everyday? Sam, how's your fantasy team going? My fantasy team is fine. I think I'm five and two. Um, I'm in second place, which I'll take. Mm -hmm. uh, I've had some some injuries go down. Corey Kluber broke his arm. Yes. I lost uh, Elvis Andrews to a quad strain. Chris Davis has a hip thing. Andrew Benintendi had an issue. I think he started today, though. Um, you know, just a slew of, like, wear and tear things in addition to some pretty catastrophic injuries. So, all in all, going pretty well considering there's been, there's been some issues. But um, baseball-wise, really, really looking forward to the Denver trip. Me I actually too. called uh, Denver Health and Human Services to warn them that we were going to be arriving in their city. Excellent. Someone needed to. They needed that. No, absolutely. Plus, uh, our trip is expanding. We have almost selected the Airbnb. I think, uh, Sam, you've outsourced some of that to the interns, and you're waiting to see what they pitch for us. Correctness. No matter what, uh, yeah. what happens, it's going to be wrong. It's going to be great. Well, just so the audience knows, it will be the three of us plus um, co-host of the Sensibly Loud Media Show, uh, Mr. B-Easy Brandon will be there, plus... Uh, Friend of the pod, James M. Middleton. That's right, your boy Jimmy Midtown. Jimmy loves the Mets better than the rest. It's Jimmy Midtown. I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> he will be joining us on the trip as well. So we got a ton of good stuff coming to you. That'll be the first weekend in August. It's gonna be. Can we just talk about intro music real quick. Yeah, please. I don't. Yeah, I have some. Justin, you have not created any for yourself. It's kind of weird to play for my. That's kind of no. weird to play for myself, and then it's weird that I've just always brought Ben in the exact same way since we started the show. But I guess I could create something for you if you wanted, Ben. Well, I don't. First off, that's a terrifying prospect. And there was one episode, I think it was the game show episode, where I wrote a song for Justin on the ukulele, and I tried <laughs> to play it live on the podcast, and it, it was like someone just dropped a carton of eggs in the supermarket. Like, the mixing was bad. Y'all don't want to hear me straight up sing. Like, it was great. Yoke came out. What? I said, Yoke came out. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to go back and find that, and I'm going to cut that, and I'm just going to put it on the website to play. It's going to be like the MySpace page whenever you went to it back in the day, and it just played a song. That's what the new site's, or the site's going to do. Yeah, we actually make all of our business decisions based on peak era MySpace. Yes. Always. Oh, man. But yeah, no, I'm excited for uh, the trip as well. I think we're going to have a good time. We've got some other stuff kind of in play. Brandon's kind of going to be in the background running like a lot of the the technical stuff that's going to make the trip kind of come alive in a lot of ways, video wise and all that. So um, some cool stuff to come. I can't wait. Ben, you're going to be there like you're going to be there one day later than us. Is Sam, do we look into the whether there's going to be Rockies games before we get like when we get there? Um, no, we have not, but we need to. I want to say they might be like on the road, but usually you would start like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday set. So I guess we I need think to look that's at that. what it is. I think it's there. They travel on Thursday and they get back in town Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And we're definitely going to Saturday, maybe Friday. I feel like we have to go to both days, right? I mean, it's definitely a possibility for sure. I mean, we yes. are going there to watch baseball, so. We might as well watch some baseball on our baseball trip. Yes. We're also there to offend health and human services. Yeah, I'm glad that you uh, put that word out. I think that's a good idea. I'm just hedging our bets. Yes, as always. Well, these trips don't pay for themselves, so do you all want to see who's sponsoring the pod today? I was just going to ask you. Go for it. All right, let's see what I can find here. Are you tired of moving? Do you hate it when, after a day of helping the great Sambino unpack all of his fine china, all he offers you is medium-tier pizza? Do you wish you didn't have to throw everything in the back of a U-Haul, all willy-nilly-like? Well, you're in luck. Introducing Box Burgers from the makers of Chicken on a Stick. It's the newest food sensation that's sweeping the nation of the renting generation. We have all of your favorites. Classic, barbecue, bacon, are you a stinking hippie? Well, try our veggie box burger now with 100% compostable packaging. Back to you, Sam and J-Mac. Right. The moment you said unpacking my fine china, I immediately thought of that as a euphemism for me taking a dump. <laughs> Why would I help you? I don't know. Oh, oh my, my god. god. This show's perfect. so stupid. <laughs> That's a new sponsor though. That's good. I like it. Yeah. Uh I took a few weeks off. Uh you know, there was parked um existential crisis that we teased in one episode and then also I had to had to make sure we got only that highest of tiered sponsors for us. Yeah, you always do though. They always come out a winner. 
Good stuff. Well, let's do the POS corner. This is Paul Ramham from WBAT in Cincinnati. We interrupt this regular scheduled programming to bring you this breaking news bulletin. It appears that people have been called pieces of shit from around the globe. Baseball players in particular seem to be the main target. However, no person, concept, or universe is exempt from this cruel but very usual punishment. The perpetrator has been identified as the great Sambino. Police have confirmed that he is still at large and about to take his piece of shit corner. Ding, ding, ding. Huge piece of shit. Awesome. Today's piece of shit for me is Ioannis Cespedes. Ioannis Cespedes, career war of nearly 22. He's got a 274 career batting average. Uh, OPS of 826. He's got 163 home runs. This is a guy who who well defines the feast or famine archetype, where he's either really, really good or really, really bad. Ioannis um, Cespedes hasn't played 100, over 100 games since 2016. He played 38 games last year. And it, it was, you know, just hours ago it came out that he um, has, quote, multiple ankle fractures after an accident on his ranch. Holy um, God. Lucia. Multiple so, fractures on the same ankle or fractures across at least two, possibly three ankles? So I want to get into the math here on, on the fractures because his contract value for this year is $29 million. So at a minimum, we're talking uh, $14.5 million per fracture. If, the, if there's three fractures or more, we're talking about less money per fracture, but that's a fuckload of dollars per fracture. Yeah, I don't yeah. like it. I don't like it one bit. Uh, I mean, this, you know, it's clearly some sort of extracurricular activity if he's on his ranch. It's not a dirt bike or a drone a la Bumgarner and Trevor Bauer, but mm-hmm. just some real boneheaded activity by someone who isn't really doing anything for the poor Mets. Well, and I know that last year we saw a huge spike in Fortnite injuries. Do you think he did this doing the Fortnite dances? Perhaps that's how he did it on his ranch or something? So there's two there's two visions in my mind's eye. I was going to say, of, we have got to wildly throw around some accusations here as to what we think happened. Sam, both of go these, on. Both of these seem to be rooted in some, some sort of actual reality. But either he fell off of a horse um, because ranch... Or perhaps he was re-roofing something and fell off of the house. Perhaps he too also makes tomatoes. What? Yeah. True. What if he was using a some sort of tiller to plant his tomatoes and ran over his ankle? This this is being described as a violent injury, so I, it be out of place. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So. I'm not going to spoil anything because it's been probably a decade since it came out, but there was an episode of Mad Men where one of the ad people get their foot run over by a lawnmower, and that's what I totally just pictured that's... happening to this poor baseball player. Exactly. Spoiler alert, Jesus. Dude, absolutely, Ben. That's exactly the best way to describe it. There was a... So didn't he miss the entire season last year because he had surgery on both feet? Yes, he had calcifications in his heels. Um, so really what I'm getting at is that his feet are the pieces of shit. Okay, so I'm going to look into how much he's made career-wise in baseball because I think we need to start doing a little bit more math here and start seeing you know, how much money each of his feet have cost at this point because it's really starting to add up, it would seem. So I think by the end of this year, we're looking at $80.5 million for a career. Okay, that's I actually mean- less than I thought it would be, to be honest with you. I'm not here to kink shame people, but that's a lot of money to pay for some foot stuff. 
Allegedly. Oh man, I thought for sure you were going for the bell. That was awesome. Allegedly. That was show wild. us the video. That was wild. Um, so here's the other thing too. Great Sambino, I love you, man. But I am in like I'm so worked up in a confused way about your fascination with the cost of medical injuries as a result of opportunity cost missed through not playing. Like it is my favorite thing because it's not we're we're not saying, oh, the cost of healthcare is too expensive and socialized medicine. That's not what we're saying. But what we are saying is this podcast, this here podcast will take your injury and divide it through the cost of your contract and figure out exactly how much money your dumb ass tilling accident is costing you and your family. So yeah. when your kids can't get into Columbia and have to go to I don't know. A and M Brown. <laughs> I just wanted to throw shade at A and M for J Max sake. Okay, I thought you were gonna finish that thought. <laughs> no, that's that's it. No, I appreciate that, Ben. I mean, I really want to drill down further when we know the precise number of fractures so we can get some real root metrics going. But yeah, we um, can price per toe, like there's a whole number of ways you can uh, you can slice this. You know, so, when I'm coming up with this analysis, my whole goal is to provide a lens that nobody else has thought of to just thoroughly confuse and make no sense. But it's actually true. I like it. Like Josh Donaldson's calves. Could, may yeah. I venture another theory as to what I think might have happened to him? Please. What if he was using like a post hole digger on the back of a tractor and was, you know, like jumping up and down on it to try to get to go down further and then, you know, got his foot tangled in there. That happens a lot. I don't know. Like a grotesque saw pogo stick yeah exactly well described actually thank you specifically okay ben who's your pos for the week uh so bit of a build up i don't know if you like this if y'all know this but i like building up before the payoff i call it foreplay but whatever so here's the thing are y'all familiar with <laughs> stop laughing at that, that was <laughs> what do you mean laugh just a lot of sexual shit flying from Yeah, there. you can't issue a joke like that and then and then expect us not to be laughing. Okay. Are y'all familiar with Evan Longoria? Oh yes. Longo. Okay. So have y'all ever paid attention to what is on the bottom of his bat? No. No. So it used to be um it would be like the team decal on the bottom. And it's not like who is a baseball player who had um would they have fuckface written on their bat? <laughs> yeah, who it, was that? Um, God, it was like Cal Ripken Sr. or something. Like, I don't know. I don't remember who it is. Whatever. That's not important. Anyway, Evan Longoria has pictures for each of his kids on the bat, which is really sweet. So on one, there's Charizard, who is a notable fire Pokemon. Uh, also, bone to pick. Farzard Farzard Charizard can't use fly in Pokemon, which is stupid. He's a dragon, he has wings, and you won't let me teach him fly? That's horseshit. Not the point. What is the point is he has a Pokemon on one bat and like a dabbing unicorn on the other. One for his son, one for his daughter. Super sweet. But my POS of today is whoever invented the dab. That's right. When all the kiddos are sticking one hand over their face and one hand up in the air, whoever did that... I dislike you, especially because when my seven-year-old beats me in sorry, which happens more than I care to admit, she freaking dabs on me. So anyway, my POS is whoever invented the dab. 
and uh, give an honorable mention or um, outfielder of the week to Evan Longoria for honoring his kids with his baseball bats. Those are great. Wasn't it Cam Newton that popularized it? We're not talking about the proliferator. We're talking about the inventor. I know, but I mean, wasn't he the one that kind of like made that a thing at all? I don't know. Pretty sure I mean, he was. I'm pretty sure that's how that started. I don't know much about Scam Newton. Yeah, don't blame you. Nobody does. Can we talk about the word scam for a moment? Because if you wake up early enough and watch Sports Center, it says S-C-A-M. And I laugh every time I see that. It says scam right on their fucking... I've seen that a hundred times and never once thought about it, but it makes a ton of sense, and that's amazing. Now I'm going to think about it every time. Sorry, total tangent. It's a break the glass moment. I love it. (laughs) Love that. Okay, so my POS is going to be Dodgers pitcher Julio Urias. He was arrested for what we like to say on this show for alleged domestic violence. Oh, no. And... That just generally makes him a piece of shit. And he's a good pitcher, but eh. he, he's okay. He eh. is. seems like he gets hurt a decent amount. Let's look at his numbers. I'm pulling these up right now. What'd you say? It seems like his wife gets hurt a decent amount. Ooh. He also wears glasses like an asshole, and I don't really like that. I'm yeah. wearing glasses, you jerk. You have, yeah, but not while, hutch, not while pitching. Those you're guys also, are always bad. You're also wearing glasses that look good on you. Thank you. Uh, he's three one eight ERA on the season. Okay, look, three six zero career ERA. Game started twenty four, innings pitch one hundred thirty two, strikeouts one thirty four, one point three six four WHIP. No, not great. Kind of middling. Not an elite. He's not like a mad bum or anything, but still a piece of shit nonetheless. Mad so, bum's not even a mad bum. True story. True story. Did you guys see his uh, no trade list this week? Yeah, it's all the popular contenders. Yeah, we'll talk about it in the news segment. How about that? Uh, for what it's worth, the percent of false reporting on domestic violence is anywhere between 2 to 7%. So there's an at worst 93% chance that he did definitely uh, perpetrate some domestic violence allegedly. It was alleged, yeah. So at least I mean, that. The, the non-report rate is way higher. That's too social justice for now, but... Indeed. All right. Well, let's, that gets us into news headlines. Ben, you want to lead us through news? Absolutely. I would love to lead both of you on this journey we call the news. <laughs> That's right, cats and kittens, where we go from east to west, north to south, and see what is inking those papers. First up, what do y'all think about you, Darvish, being called a legend in Chicago? No. He's not. He's legendarily terrible in the first inning in Chicago, just like everywhere else. He's got a negative war on the season right now. I agree with Sam. Fuck him. I feel like that's like a 514 ERA. I'm I'm sitting there. Fuck him, but I'm just saying like he's not a legend. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like that, that's not legend status. Like a 514 ERA on the season so far is not a fucking legend status in Chicago. It shouldn't Hmm. be. Maybe it is in Chicago, and that's just sad. Yeah. Their pitching's been okay recently. I it wonder, has. I wonder what has stemmed this legend moniker for him. Okay. Washington Post files an opinion piece yesterday. MLB attendance is dropping, but revenue is somehow up. Any thoughts on how that's possible? Ticket prices go up. Don't pay players. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, that's what it comes down to. I think there's deals. This is going to be such a driving point of the new CBA, though. It really is. I, I don't know how they're really going to combat that other than like a salary floor, which they already seemingly are supposed to have. But there's not a real penalty for it. It's the sad part about it, or is the un unorganized part about it, I guess. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I, I walk both sides of it. I want competitive baseball on the field. My own personal politics would have me normally like grab my banjo off the wall and let's go start a union and lead protest songs. But with that in mind, how much of this is being driven by supply and demand and basic rules of economics? The owner saying, hey, look, I don't have to pay you $40 million a year. I can pay you $25 million a year, and it's either that or you get nothing. In either capacity, that's still an ungodly amount of an ungodly amount of money. But you know what? What is going to be best for baseball long term? We want to make sure these players are getting paid, but we also want to make sure that not only the rich team only wins, and the you know the Yankees and Dodgers are in the World Series against each other every year. So where's where's the happy medium? It's interesting that the Rays are sort of the center of many of these conversations, and yet their team is so good, like. They're the ones who wouldn't pay Blake Snell. They're the ones that cut seating capacity and increased prices. Um, so I don't know, just, just making that observation that they're one of the teams that are at the center of these conversations and they're doing all of the things that we say are bad, but they are winning games. I mean, it's just basic cutting the fat, though. It's almost like, I mean, it's just a very clean run business organization, I think. There are a couple of Wall Street guys, like Goldman guys, that own the, or run that team, and I think it really shows... I think value is gauged very differently for the Rays, and it works. Yeah, financial value, I would say. They're, they're almost too clean about it. I would classify it as, like, clinical. Like, it's, it's probably, if they were terrible, this would be much more terrible. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, change of headlines here. The Braves, MLB.com reports the Braves get Swarzak in a trade with the Mariners. Y'all heard about this? Came out five hours ago? I have not heard about this, but they really need some bullpen help. Um, they've been... I don't know if you've seen the recent call-ups over the past couple months, but they've been playing around with different guys all over the place, calling up this guy, and then he bombs, and they send him back down, option him, and pull up another guy. Um, so good to see that they're making a move. They know that they've got the talent on the team to make something happen. Um, so good for them. Yeah, it looks like they swapped Anthony Swarzak, and um, Braves got rid of Erodis Viscano and left-hander Jesse Padel. Padel, Biddle, Biddle. Viscano was their uh, closer to begin the season, so he must have really sucked. I don't think that I. I was doing a little bit of digging into uh, potential teams for Craig Kimbrell the other day, given that we're coming upon the draft here pretty soon, and I didn't really see anything in the back part of their bullpen that was that. That, I guess just powerful looking and right. even nothing, in the minors i didn't see anything there no there's nothing there's nothing that a hitter is going to fear at you know the nameplate is that going to be i mean that's almost certainly going to be something the braves are going to have to sure up sooner rather than later i don't think this really does that i would say that they're already not meeting expectations um being in second place so yeah i think they're going to try and do something about it They've got a lot to trade with. I mean, they've got a really healthy farm system over the last few years. Not a lot of international pool money, but, you know, that'll That's happen. true. I wonder if they, like, unload a Julio Tehran and get a bunch of relievers in return or something. That's what I would do in that case, because I don't know what he's going to be yet. 
He's very hit and miss. Very. He's older. So we talked. I'm sorry about that. He's older in comparison to the rest of that team, right? Yeah. What were you going to say, Ben? Well, I was just going to go on to the next uh, the next headline here. Oh, let's do it. How are y'all feeling about Javi Baez not in the starting lineup for the first time this season with his bruised heel? I think there's just a fuckload of injuries going on, and he's the latest uh, victim. So a lot of lot of feet injuries too. Can we speculate what kind of farm accident happened to him? No, I think it was all on the base pads. So yeah. he's playing with clay. Damn. Allegedly, I was I was really wanting to get maybe another theory in there of you know horrific farm accidents. No, yeah, I, so I, that's the first game he's missed a long time. He's a really consistent player, right? He's, over the past three years, yeah. Yeah, that was his first uh, missed start of this year, at least. Uh, what about Cody Bellinger chasing 400? Any thoughts? That won't last. No. He's really good, though. There's there's a huge disparity in that division. They play a lot of really shitty teams. And it's so. been, like, up front, too. A lot of, like, divisional games for them right out of the gate. That has made a big difference in what they look like. And I don't know what's going to happen with, like, the Diamondbacks. I mean, I was listening to Mike Hazen at their GM yesterday talking about how they're going to be aggressive and that they're going to be going after people. And it's I don't know if that really makes any sense, not based on where they're at right now. And so it's like that ascends that. I don't know what Colorado is. They seem to have taken a weird step sideways, maybe back. I'm not really sure yet. It just It's a really bad division overall so far. And I think it inflates a lot of those kinds of stats for those guys. Yeah, it's fair. But, you know, he to his credit, I think he'd be crushing quite a bit of the pitching. You know, you could probably take a small hit for the divisional matchups that he's getting. Um, but, I, you know, when anyone's performing at that level, I just immediately jump to that's not sustainable because it historically is not. What is his I wonder what his career I'm going to look it up real quick, what his career batting average is. But it's a little bit skewed just because he's had some injury and stuff, too. Well, we're going to go into batting averages, and he's a career two eighty three hitter, four hundred five on the season. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't think four hundred five will last, but I think if you're having a strong year, I see four hundred five dropping off, but that could easily still remain above three twenty five, which yep. is incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, all right, uh, Justin. Sorry to bring it up, buddy. Um, what do you think about the Yankees taking first place? I mean. They've been mashing the living piss out of the ball all year long. I'm not really surprised, despite all their injuries. So I give them credit for being in first place in May, I guess. I mean, I don't know if it really matters. Boston's on a damn tear right now, too. So I don't know if they're going to be that far behind them. They're like 18 and 9 in the last like month. So we'll see what happens. But it's going to end up being competitive, which I'm. that's all I want out of this. I don't even care. If, I actually picked the Yankees to win the division this year. And I think that they will be, I think that, I just want it to be competitive, ultimately. And if you've got them, the Rays, and New York, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. So what do you think's happening with the with the Rays? you think they're just kind of catching up? We said it wouldn't last, but they still are having a reasonably higher level of success than we all were expecting, um, you know, for being mid to late May. What do you all think? You can agree with me on this point that uh, I was hoping the Yankees would be shittier for a little bit longer, 
Um, but they're about to get a ton of reinforcements from the injured list, so that's sad to see. I think the Rays might be legit. Um, you're right. We were saying earlier um, in the season about how you know this won't last, and they've had a good run, and you know we'll see them in third place in no time. But they are they are sustaining a pretty high level of performance. So it's going to be really interesting to see how it shapes up come like July and August, whenever we're really deep into it. I think. But it, no, for sure, it it's also going to make. For- I was just going to say, it also has the feel very similar to last year where it may just shake loose into what it's supposed to be and it's just going to stay there. So I'm not really sure yet. Well, that's what's concerning to me is if it doesn't move. Like, I'm all about competition as we wind into September. The last thing I think that baseball needs right now is to have everything decided June freaking 1st and then nothing changes. So true. And that's exactly what happened last year for the most part. It was brutal. Yeah. It was we skipped absolute. over the AL Central for like three months. We're like, eh. Okay. Yeah, there was not a, anything we're talking about. It was Cleveland or nothing. Speaking of things we're talking about in the AL Central, what in the heck is going on with Minnesota? Do you want to start here, Sam, or do you want me to? Go right ahead. So first of all, their differential is a plus 74. They are mashing the absolute piss out of the ball in a 30-16 and 16 record. Like, piss poor pitching, but also just hitting the hell out of the ball constantly. And it's working for them. It really is. It's it's almost cut. It has semblances of what the Red Sox did last year where, like, pitching didn't matter that much because they just had a hell of an offense kind of situation. They'll still hang 10 on you even if they give up 6 or 7? Correct. That's the old Rangers way of playing ball. But I, I think you're right. They are hitting the hell out of the ball. They've got, I think they have CJ Cron. Cron? I believe so, yeah. I'm actually looking at their stats right now. He's had a pretty good season. He's just a very average player overall. They also have Polanco, who's been doing really well. Nelson Cruz, I think, might be on the DL or maybe just day-to-day. But um, great offense. Byron Buxton also, you know, starting to pay off on all the hype that's been created around him the past couple seasons. So, Good for them. I think a lot of us kind of predicted this given the moves they made in the offseason that they'd score a lot of runs. Yeah, Polanco's been really good. As far as OPS goes on the team, I'm resorting it one second. You have, over the last 30 days, you have one, two, three, four guys. Two of them are catchers, which have decent amounts of at-bats. So they've been splitting the catching duties between Garver and yep. Castro. Didn't Garver, Garver he's yeah. hurt though, right? Garver just got put on the DL. They just recalled um, Ostudio, who's like the rookie 27-year-old who's been pretty good for them. I, I forgot about Jason Castro being on that squad. Yeah, that's pretty pretty good defensive backup there, really. It's not a yeah. bad catching situation. We rag on catchers all the time. But God, they're, they're just It's just a wasteland of poor offense at the catcher spot this year. For the last couple of years, it seems like. I feel like yeah, I was gonna... Gonna, that's kind of a trend where you'll get lackluster catchers. I mean, since what? Name who you can probably name on on one hand amazing catchers that have uh, been in the league since Pudge. Yeah, probably so. Yeah, like probably Salto Lavakia, and that's just longevity more than anything. He's been on several championship teams. That does not mean that he is good. He's fine framing pitches. You could have name some others okay, well, then. So, so I guess that's that's what I was going to get into is the pitch framing and defensive components of the of catcher because I think we find that a lot of clubs are not caring so much about the offensive output at that position so that you get someone who can run the game really well and manage manage the pitchers really well. 
because Saltolamacchia is not a good catcher overall. He mm. might be great at framing pitches, but he is not like a Yasmani Grandal who's been mashing the piss out of the ball. Yeah. Or a Buster Posey, who is probably one of the only great catchers you can name since Pudge. No, and I agree with that. I didn't mean, I guess, like offensively. I just I, I guess whenever I think catcher, the first thing I go to is pitch framing. And yeah. I don't even sure. mean offensively, which is exactly the point though, is the fact that I think you're right. I mean, aside, aside from like Buster Posey, I mean, there just aren't that many. And that's the reason I even brought up Salty in the first place is because, one, the longevity factor, but two, just the fact that <laughs> you know his name because <laughs> they're, <just> <laughs> they're just usually not around that long because they're just garbage a lot of times. He's just a Greek guy with the longest, you know, semicircle around his number on the back. So See, that actually annoyed the shit out of me. <laughs> you're like justin's over there just use a smaller font or get bigger shoulders what's wrong with you don't be a pencil so how about this um i have one final story before we talk about batting averages did y'all see what's happening in the puerto rico men's league no i missed this one so uh we had someone break the gender barrier uh um, takes the field first woman to pray, play professional baseball in uh, Puerto Rico. Is she a what pinch hitter? Uh, first base. Ooh. Okay. That's where you get a usually get a beef boy. You can just mash the ball. Yeah. Well, uh, no, she uh, she took it and like a couple thousand or a thousand fans showed up to a relatively small stadium and um, 33-year-old woman became the first uh, first woman to play in the Puerto Rico men's league. Do we, Do we have any know st- how she did? I was just going to ask. Do we have stats? <laughs> uh, Let's judge went, the numbers and not the first. Correct. So yes. <laughs> was 0 for 2 in the first game, fouled out, um, but got on base due to an error. And then, um, oh, because the error was committed by Javi Baez's brother, Gadel Baez. Gadel. Yep. What, what, bu- what a total mind ben, blow. I think you'll, you'll enjoy this comparison, but maybe perhaps. She's the Vlad Guerrero of that league, and she's just waiting to break out. There you go. I like that. But Vlad was named Player of the Week, I think. I think he's starting to finally put it together. He must have listened to our podcast uh, two weeks ago and is really starting to uh, realize, hey, you know what? Ben, Sam, Ben, Sam, and J-Mac really know what they're talking about. Just hit the ball. (laughs) Oh, that's what he was missing. That's what he was missing. He just wasn't hitting the ball, you know? Okay. So I have um, a news headline that caught my attention. I'm going to run through some points for y'all and uh, give me an opinion on it. So the headline itself on ESPN.com is, quote, is the 300 hitter a thing of the past? It's written by Bradford Doolittle, um, the person with one of the most northeastern waspy names I've ever heard. But um, he's talking about, uh, it's not a new idea. The New Yorker had a piece in 2014 around the death of a 300 hitter. Um, so I think this type of dynamic is talked about every couple of years. Um, but a lot of the points he's making are some really strong ones. One around um, how batting average as itself is less impactful of a stat, which we've talked about on this podcast before. Uh, but he's also talking about for example, is a 295 hitter really that much better than a 279 hitter? Because what if the 279 hitter is hitting hits when they really matter? Mm. So talking about, um, you know, 
what's the timeliness of those? What if you're just getting on base, you know, just to help get runs across the board, uh, productive at bats as opposed to just, you know, gets a single in garbage time. What do y'all think? So this is, to be clear, this is not a piece that is an indictment of batting average as a stat, right? This is trying to further examine the usefulness of someone who might be hitting 300 when the hits don't matter versus someone who it's like 265 when they really do or maybe a lot of home runs so it's actually it's actually both and uh you know there's another piece about joey gallows the king of a true three outcome at bat you're either getting a home run a strikeout or um he'll mess up a bunt so like <laughs> it's, it's that type of um it's it's a few thousand words and it's on a number of different things you know could it be based on velocity you know like what's that doing you know what uh, what were the patterns of say ted williams you know the last guy to hit 400 you know like all these different things that kind of go into it so if you have some decent time and you've finished reading all of the blogs on sensiblyloud.com which i highly recommend then go check this one out so we can engage uh, any any thoughts on it interesting stuff i'll have to take a look for sure but i guess Whenever I look at data like that, the numbers only tell you so much of the story, right? At face value, the 300 hitter is always going to be super valuable. You got to think most of those hits are going to be used in some way, but um, who knows, right? You got to figure out the, the ancillary details. So before I kick it over to Justin, we talked about velocity. Uh, these are some of the stats he dug up. Percentage of pitches, 96 miles per hour or higher by year. It goes from 2009 all the way up to 2019. And we're seeing an increase of 2.9, 3.0, 2.831, and it's just gradually incrementally to where by 2019, we're looking at 7% of pitches are above 96 miles per hour. Wow. Well, I think that speaks to the fact that a lot of people are understanding their bodies better. You're not going out and pitching on LSD and shit like that, like our, <laughs> our uh, friend of the pod, Doc. But... I just mean that, like, from a very young age, though, I mean, the competitiveness of baseball now from a very young age is crazy. And so you have guys that come up that have been doing this for years, and the experience level is kind of off the charts as far as, like, real competitive baseball. We're not talking about just some little league. Like, you know, we're talking about real competitive stuff here. And that's how it's gotten. And so you start to see guys that can do that more often because of that. And I think that's a testament to understanding health better but also i mean i think sam does bring up a really good point though that with the data it it matters definitely it definitely matters but it does not tell the whole story and i think if moneyball has proved anything it's that because ultimately you can put pieces together like that with you know using math but it doesn't matter if it doesn't really come at the right time and it doesn't have the human level because you're still talking about human behavior at the end of the day well, human behaviors, you know, like high contact hitters are now relatively rare. And at least according to um, to Bradford here, you know, they're almost treated like, quote, folk heroes when they come onto a scene. He talks about David Fletcher, uh, the twins, uh, Williams, Ostadio, uh, or Jeff McNeil. So like people like that, they are electric to watch, but they're more and more rare. Sure. That's true. I just think that there's like a. It's interesting because we in this kind of goes to the other side of that argument. We talk a lot about the whole batting average thing and how that doesn't paint a complete picture. But like 
OPS doesn't exactly do the same thing either. There's nothing that's completely perfect. I think that's, I mean, you can dive down into the deepest of saber metrics, and there's nothing that's going to uncover that that human element. There's just not. And at the end of the day, it's all about how teams use those analytics and sure. what they, I mean, it's the exact same argument with the shift, right? It's how you use that and how you use that to to basically slant the field in your advantage. And I think every club has a different approach for that, which is really kind of fascinating. And I think it's very obvious, though. Anything to add, Sam? Uh, I want to read this very badly now. <laughs> Sam's actually stopped recording this episode, and he's about the first paragraph in. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, uh, you know, if... If there were a lot more 300 hitters on the Baltimore Orioles, they would still be a shitty team. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> They'd I mean, still be a really shitty team. Your supporting cast makes a huge difference. It's all about your, your what you surround those members with. No, absolutely. Just because I can hit a home run every time, if my team's terrible, we lose 9-1, to 6-1, to 5-1. to one. That's still home run was great. but And it's all about chemistry too, right? I mean... The Red Sox fundamentally didn't change anything from tw- the 2017 season to the 2018 season, but somehow that became a winning season. They had a J.D. Martinez, which was a big part of it, but I'm just saying that like, mechanically they really underperformed because the chemistry just wasn't there at that point in time. Makes that makes sense, too, as far as, you know, are you hitting to potential? And, you know, some days you thrive, other days you just survive, you know? So I think that there's something something to be said about that, and realistically the teams that we've seen either win the world series or have solid solid at least long deep playoff runs uh those are the ones that tend to have that chemistry in addition to having the talent i agree i agree well ben let's post this article out so people can read it as well and if there are any further things about it we'll definitely talk about it on the next show too because i i guess that's homework we should have done before sam and i but you know that's fine whatever I wanted us to all be able to have a conversation, and now the listeners will have a conversation with all of us. It's going to be wonderful. Hey, I mean, my homework. Oh, go ahead. For my homework, I uh, unpacked my fine china, (laughs) and he actually did. Uh, So I was wondering, do you actually have china? No, absolutely not. So I I was like, there's a two percent chance that Sam has like a, you know, a, a nice. 1960s hutch just filled to the brim with these floral printed no. china plates that you we never eat not, off of <laughs> we do not spend money on these types of things i'm a fan because we don't either i spend money on chinese food yes i do Did i tell you about the staple that my wife found in her chinese food the other day oh my God. <laughs> no Is it of the medical variety or the office variety the office variety but that's a gross question <laughs> Just want a proper level of specificity. <laughs> no, it was a, a already like closed staple. And it wasn't like in the bag. It was straight up. You open the Kung Pao. You take out a few things of like the carrots and your mouth's a little burning because it's spicy. It's exactly what you want. And then you look down and just like someone went to fucking Kinko's, there's a staple in her Chinese food. Did she finish the Kung Pao chicken? I did. Uh, yeah, I was going to say I would have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely would have that's unnerving nonetheless yeah so uh take it here first grounds crew as you're as you're enjoying this podcast over your takeout make sure to check it for office supplies yes indeed well i think that's a great segue or maybe that should have been this segment 
We're going to have a new segment called Ben Baseball's Blatherings. That's the triple B segment. And we're going to create an intro music for it and everything, but I think we're going to we're going to test it out here and see how it goes. So, Ben, I'm going to give you the floor. This will be our dry run here. And uh, to those of you listening at home, I appreciate you putting up to my nasally voice resonating over your Subaru speakers on your way to or from the office. Is that our With- demo? What's that? Subaru people, is that our demo? I was just describing myself. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just I'm talk sorry. to future Ben? <laughs> future I'm Ben sorry. baseball? What sorry. if our our podcast was that low rent? Like I'm leaving reminders for myself <laughs> for when I'm listening to it on the way home. Like, don't forget to pick up tortillas, you know, or like just bullshit like that. Somehow it makes it out of the editing process. <laughs> And also, my heart is now breaking slightly because, Sam, I thought you liked my Subaru when you saw it last month. But, you know, whatever. That's fine. I was just trying to confirm who our target audience is. I love your Subaru. I'm sure it's fine. Our target audience are the people listening to this podcast who tell all their friends about it and who engage us on SensiblyLoud.com. Truth. Anyway, with that in mind, yesterday... Uh, I've mentioned this on the pod before. I'm a parent. I have two wonderful kiddos. Uh, one of the things they don't tell you when you have kids is eventually they start school. And when that happens, you're expected to go to other children's birthday parties and give them crappy presents for kids that you don't really know. And it's a real crapshoot because you don't know what you have to get for them. Name, but I digress. Name the Justin last. Is, wait, real quick question. Then name the last three presents you had to get that were just absolutely terrible and on your nerves. That I gave? Yeah, that you had to like give to somebody that you didn't really know. Uh, so yesterday I gave, it was like a painting, a wooden race car set and a soccer ball thing that like is on a rope. And so you kick it and then you don't have to chase it. Okay. Like they're fine gifts, but I don't know these children. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. All right, yeah. move on. All right. So uh, when y'all were growing up, where was your favorite place to go to a birthday party? The rock climbing place. Okay. That's kind of a bougie suggestion, but I like it. What? Was Fun Fest a thing here? What? Was Fun Fest a thing here? Yes. What is Fun Fest? Fun Fest is sort of like an early days main event type of situation. Oh, so like a multifaceted sort of whatever? Yeah, but it was like laser tag was like the main thing. Okay. Yeah. So Sam would go rock climbing. Justin not dr- would not horse dressage, dressage. Rock <laughs> That's bougie, motherfucker. <laughs> Worcestershire sauce. So stupid. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. That's how like not in this scene I am. It's an Olympic event. Look it up. Okay. Well, that would require me going to research the Olympics. But I swore off the Olympics when they got rid of when they got rid of baseball, Sam. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. You we have, have our own this, event. Yeah, this is America. No, um, here's the thing. So I, I've been expecting, you know, the past couple of years it's been, we're going to a trampoline park or we're doing this or, uh, you know, like let's go to Chuck E. Cheese and eat pizza that a rat brings you and throws you tickets so you can buy junky plastic presents that we're just going to recycle when you go to bed. You know, like that's the type of party I was expecting. However, I go into a place and it sounds not unlike what Justin is familiar with, with Fun Fest. So I'm going to run down the list of this place. Number one, Trampoline Park included. Number two, 
American Ninja Warrior style obstacle courses where you're going like nets and, you know, like sling on this um, punching bag thing, all sorts of stuff. So it's like a whole thing. Uh, so are y'all interested yet? Was this a party you want to go to? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to add to it. Let's do a zip line inside where you can zip line around the whole facility. Yes. Okay. Rock climbing course. Yes. Okay. Um, high ropes course. Yeah. Okay. 20 seat state of the art computers for a virtual gaming center. No. Okay. But here's the thing. These are all options that you get plus bumper cars. Holy plus cow. like a virtual reality fake laser tag shoot zombies thing, but all VR. And oh yeah, in case you weren't already sold, indoor go-karts. Wow. All awesome. in the same freaking place. Okay. Does that not put cosmic bowling and slow skating to Savage Garden to shame? Sure does. does. The options are out of this world. That's what kids get to do now. Like, Justin is a proponent of, I think when Justin was a kid, he would play Turn Out the Lights and Fight with his cousins. Correct. Where they would go in the basement and wail on each other in the dark. Yes. And, like, these kids are ziplining to the next obstacle course so then they can take turns on these special electric go-karts. This sounds awesome. Can I have my birthday party there? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Ooh, that's a great idea, Sam. Whenever you... <laughs> we get to your birthday. We should, we should have a party at this place. Uh, we'll, okay, we'll yeah, fly you in, invite, and we'll just invite all the listeners. Yeah, and this will be better than you having to see some movie you don't want to see that comes out every year, right about your birthday, somehow or another. Hold on, yeah. the same movie comes out every year? No, remember a couple episodes. This was last year. At some point, we were talking about this, yeah. where Sam ends up going to see a movie on his birthday every year that he doesn't like it just so happens to come out that right. one he'll take his wife to see or whatever for, for many years it was um what was the vampire flick series called oh twilight there was like a twilight movie every november that i'd have to go see um and then it was um the fantastic beasts one the first one was good the second one was trash yeah so that would I get you out of that. that this year so you know we'll see time will tell uh, re being re-released here in theaters for the 75th anniversary of D-Day, Saving Private Ryan coming back into theaters the first week of June. Nice. That is awesome. What a weird plug, I, but okay. I've already told my wife, I said, hey, I'm buying tickets. Are you going with me? Not do you want to go see this, but like, I'm going. This is happening. Right. That's awesome. I think Good we, for you. I think we should do a, maybe a group trip and do like a review of it on, on radio. Mm -hmm. That's a fantastic, fantastic idea. Because I I haven't seen that movie in a very long time, start to finish. I've seen I've seen like you know the bits and pieces that you see all the time, but I haven't just like sat down and watched it in a long time. I thought you were going to end that sentence after oh, I no. have never seen that, and I literally sighed relief when you continued the sentence. I saw you sigh relief. Number one and two, I saw it in theaters, so I I saw the sigh over there. Hold on, hold on. That came out like, so I was too young to watch that, and you and I are about the same age. You saw that in theaters? Yeah. You lived a, a sheltered life. Jesus, yeah. like, we had to lie about our age at Blockbuster to try and rent it, and the guy was like, you have no business watching this, but you tell me your mom's outside, so okay, here's the VHS. I mean, it was 1998. It's not that old. I was 10, watching yeah, people like... 21 years ago. I'm just saying that, I mean, 
I was old. I went and saw it in theaters. It was fine. It was great. It's a great movie. But yeah, I haven't like sat down and watched it like start to finish in a very long time though. So all right. Well, you're going with me. Okay. Sam, you gonna fly in from Atlanta to come see a movie that came out 21 years ago being re-released no. in theaters? With no, us? That would be bougie party. <laughs> We're doing it. <laughs> I can have you full kitted out. We can we can all go in my World War II uniforms. We're ready to 30, go. 30. I hope you have that. Okay, well, I tell you what. <laughs> if y'all do want to go talk about it or do want to um, comment on any of these articles, make sure to check us out on sensiblyloud.com. Plus, we are all over your social media. Are we on Facebook? You bet your tail we are. What about the good old Twitter? Sounds good. Do you like Instagram? Well, so do we because we're on there too. If you like what you hear, check us out plus we got a slew of other podcasts we got sensibly loud radio if you like basketball oh my god you need to be listening to on the break a basketball podcast and of course don't forget to check out the peaches at just peachy thank you all so much we want to thank everyone for tuning in for episode 66 of the outfielder podcast we would like to thank all of our fans sensibly loud media our sponsors and those with the sharp eye to keep the runners close grounds crew please keep patrolling that outfield big ups to kevin towers don't text to drive, and we'll see you right back here next time on the Outfielder Podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah.